You are listening to Kubernetes Bytes, a podcast bringing you the latest from the world of cloud-native data management. My name is Ryan Walner, and I'm joined by Bobin Shaw, coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be sharing our thoughts on recent cloud-native news and talking to industry experts about their experiences and challenges managing the wealth of data in today's cloud-native ecosystem. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. We're coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. Today is August 16th, 2022. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Let's dive into it. Bhavan, have you been? What's up? I'm doing good. Uh, I like just enjoying the Boston summer. Now that the heat wave is gone, it's more <laughs> pleasant. Like this is the Boston summer I remember from for the last couple of years. There you go. Uh, I made my way up to the Cape, like, I've been to like Cape, but I always get stuck in traffic and take a detour and end up at Dennis, Massachusetts. So people yeah. who are looking it up on Google Maps, that's like the start of Cape, like or maybe a couple of towns in. Uh, the, the the analogy is the arm, right? It's kind of the yeah. bi- the bicep, yeah. yeah. And, and the Cape is down, by the way, not up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But 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 like I went from the bicep and all the way up to the finger. Like I went to oh, Provincetown, okay, I <laughs> so I didn't yeah. like did go up. <laughs> but no, I made it to Provincetown this time, uh, even though it took like. Three hours to get there and maybe two hours to get back. But worth it. I think. Yeah. It it was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Like it. That town in itself has a different vibe. Like Cape is like laid back. You have beaches. Uh, but then Province Town is again. You have like a lot of bars and you have a lot of restaurants right Um, on the water. So. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I, well, fun. I haven't actually been there. I have a. Um, I've always kind of wanted to make it out there. Um, uh, been maybe this is your sign. Ten years. Right? I feel like it is. Must be my sign <laughs> to make it out there. I'll try to do it when there's not a lot of traffic. I'll probably do it after. Yeah, uh, after Lebanon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice. How about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, uh, again, also enjoying uh, uh, the, I'll say it, greater Boston summer, <laughs> since I'm not <laughs> as close. Um, and doing a lot of sort of uh, uh, hiking, trail riding, mm-hmm. those kind of things um, into, you know, sort of trail biking, mountain biking, motorcycle biking, all those things. Um, mm-hmm. There's not many places to go in Massachusetts. I've, I've been having to do a lot of research to find the right places that are yeah. legal legal to ride in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, but I'm getting excited and doing some sort of practice runs around here for a bigger trip that I'm doing in Vermont, which, you know, they had just have dirt roads everywhere, which it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's that's been my sort of enjoyment lately, which can't complain about too much. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have um, a great guest on the show, but before we introduce him and uh, get going, we do want to cover this week's cloud native storage news. Uh, why don't you kick it off for us, Bobbin? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I do have a couple of startups that I want to talk about. Uh, the first one being Acon Labs. Uh, Acon Labs was started by the original set of Rancher co-founders, so like four people who started Rancher. Uh, now, after the acquisition by Suze, I think they left, and now they have another venture or another startup. Uh, this one looks like self-funded because they didn't have any any funding news or anything like that. Maybe they made enough money from the, uh, the Rancher acquisition. Uh, but they have an Im- uh, interesting take on deploying applications on Kubernetes clusters. I think uh, similar to how 
people have people know what docker files are and how they help you create a, a container that can be deployed anywhere uh, and then then if you look at alternatives for kubernetes you have something like a helm chart or if you have operators or custom and custom resources that package things for kubernetes uh, acon labs has an interesting take on this they have something called as an acon file which is like a docker file kind of a concept like it is one single file but you sure. define everything in that one single file like you don't have to use the words pod or, or persistent volumes uh, you just define what are the different components in your app where to pull the code from uh, what ports to open for different components in the app to talk yeah. to each other how uh, what storage to provision and then you build it like a docker file you post it and then you can deploy it against any Kubernetes cluster. And it de- automatically deploys secrets for you, persistent volumes for you, pods and service objects for you. So it takes away all the complexity of deploying these or understanding these Kubernetes resources and deploying uh, it across different clusters. Uh, you have one Acon file and you can deploy your app anywhere, which includes all the different components. So that was pretty cool. Again, nice. uh, it, nice yeah, it looks that. like something like which is still early stages like i only found like one online meetup demo i think it's a two hour long uh, thing that darren did uh, but uh, seems like a good direction right like something new uh, in the ecosystem i think so and and developer tooling is so important right and mm-hmm. being able to to hit the right spot there and and hopefully they're taking note on you know what you know things like Helm doesn't do well, and how they can improve on that. I know when you know Docker, Docker and Docker files were around. When Docker Compose and those files mm-hmm. came around, um, right, it it leveled up sort of how you built an application and connected all the dots. And it's so powerful when you get that developer tooling right. So I ha- I don't know anything about it. I'm gonna have to look into it myself. Yeah, uh, and then the second startup uh, uh, that I wanted to discuss was called Ghost Security. Again, they just emerged from Stealth and announced like a $15 million funding round uh, with a $50 million valuation. So uh, uh, that's that's the numbers, but uh, they are going after the application security and the API security market in the cloud native uh, ecosystem. And that's all the details that I have. I tried going through yeah. the website. I tried reading through the couple of blogs they have, and this is all that they say. So I'm and like since they just came out of stealth, I think they want to hire using the new funding that they just got, and then actually build a product and and sell it to customers. But uh, I guess it's a startup that we can keep an eye out, see what happens. We all know that uh, Kubernetes security and anything security nowadays is like really popular. So. Uh, we have another startup to track. Yeah, not not surprising that we're gonna probably see more companies come out of stealth in the security mm-hmm. space. And, you know, I, and it just makes so much sense. So yep, cool. Uh, and then the third wasn't a startup. Uh, I think it's a, f- a free tool that I wanted to highlight for our listeners. Uh, if you are running workloads or applications on Kubernetes, worried about costs? Maybe I know we have discussed like uh, mm-hmm. cube uh, cube cost and their open source project. Uh, granulate which is i think an intel company uh did uh, open source uh, uh, a free tool for optimizing kubernetes cost and they call it g maestro uh so it helps you reduce costs and apply horizontal pod auto scaling uh, uh, working and uh, working through the cpu and memory request changes inside your pod file so uh, the only reason i highlight is i know there are like paid alternatives this is open source maybe you can get started with this and see if you can save some money while running kubernetes yeah, tools like this are so valuable. I mean, I know I've, I've used one from uh, VMware in the past, and mm-hmm. just having the insight of sort of everything in your account that's uh, costing you money, right? Because it's it's easy to lose track of those things. And I know, especially even at in companies who are innovating fast and moving to the cloud, you know, the first you know goal is to innovate fast and yep. and you know 
it's usually secondary that you say, wow, I'm spending millions of dollars, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, having free tools, always a benefit here. I'll check it out myself. Really cool. Yeah. All right. So I just had a couple of, um, you know, articles I wanted to mention here. I know we discussed um, Kubernetes 1.25, I think, in the past, but mm-hmm. uh, Sysdig did an awesome uh, blog of sort of what's new. They always kind of come out with these kind of blogs, yep. but I will link it in the show. There's a lot of things storage related in there, uh, deprecations and CSI migrations that's moving forward officially. Um, so definitely check that out. It's going to be on sysday.com on their blog um, with the plug Kubernetes-125, what's new. Um, and then uh, I had a couple articles here. One was an intro to e- eBPF. I know we did an art, uh, a podcast episode around eBPF, and it was actually still one of our more popular episodes. So uh, I wanted to drop this link here um, uh, because I thought it was it was a really good explanation of mm-hmm. what eBPF is. Uh, some it's the concept of it technically I think is some sometimes a little hard to really mm-hmm. understand of what's going on. So all this type of content is super valuable. And then the second one also kind of in the same light about uh, Kubernetes volumes explained for beginners, um, which uh, is on dev.2. It's a, a, an article there, which does a really good job of kind of walking through, um, you know, Kubernetes mm-hmm. volumes, what they are, what the purposes are. And they do have a nice um, kind of example of diagrams and, what it does with local storage versus remote storage and and those kind of things. So definitely go check that one out too. Um, And that's really all I was going to include for today. Um, So why don't we jump into the main show? We do have a really great guest, uh, Sid Mani. He is a member of the technical staff at a stealth startup, Alcyon.ai. He was previously an engineer at Mineo. Uh, and before that, he was one of the first engineers at Rancher Labs, and he has been an early adopter to you know technologies like Kubernetes and Docker, um, and actually a contributor for many years. So um, he's uh, uh, highly involved in sort of the Cozy project, um, the Cozy Sig. So we're gonna dive in and ask him all about um, what Cozy is. So without further ado, let's get him on the show. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome to Kubernetes Bytes. It's so good to have you here. I can't wait to dive into uh, what Cozy is all about and sort of what the state of it is and what your involvement is. But uh, for our listeners, let's uh, introduce yourself and give us a little background about what you've been up to. Um, thank you for having me, Ryan. So yeah. um, uh, my, my name is uh, Siddhartha Mani. Um, so I guess uh, right after I finished college in 2014, I've, I've basically only been working on software infrastructure. Um, I started out uh, working at Rancher Labs as uh, one of the first engineers. Um, I, I wrote uh, pretty uh, important pieces in Docker, uh, fixed the zombie process issue, uh, nice. wrote the first uh, uh, log driver and, and log rotate. Um, then, then after that, I moved on uh, to Kubernetes while at Rancher Labs itself. 
Um, one of the okay. issues we were facing there was uh, um, smaller service providers like like Rancher Labs and and mm-hmm. um, other other smaller cloud provider like uh, offerings couldn't really integrate with Kubernetes because Kubernetes is hard coded to work with AWS or GCP or Azure. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we wanted to do was break it up such that uh, uh, anyone could integrate with uh, with Kubernetes. Um, and uh, you know, I did it for Rancher Labs, but it ended up becoming a bigger feature. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of my first, uh, I would say, major open source contribution. Um, yep. Uh, and after that, I, I worked on, you know, I went on to start my own company. I wanted to uh, uh, make day two operations in Kubernetes super simple. Um, mm-hmm. The idea was basically using Kubernetes as a base. Uh, it, it, it is possible to automate uh, uh, apps, you know, enterprise apps to work just like, say, your iPhone app. You should just be able to mm-hmm. go to an app store, say download, and just click on it, and it should just work for you. Mm-hmm. Um that was the that was the vision. Um, it was uh, it was a little ahead of its time. Uh, I can see more companies coming up now that are trying to solve sure. that problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so uh, I had to kind of stop it at that point. There were a lot of uh, logistical issues. Um, that's when I, I went on to start working at uh, an object service company called Minio. Um, which is again open source. Uh, I guess I guess everything I've worked on has been. Uh, mostly open source um, at, at MinIO is where uh, we wanted to make it easy for people in Kubernetes to start using offerings like MinIO uh, and and uh, that's when I started to work on Cozy. Okay. And yeah, so that's, that's basically my background. Got it. Well, that's a good segue too. I think to the next question I have is, uh, especially for maybe our listeners who don't know what Cozy is, um, maybe we can start with that. Like, what is Cozy? What does it stand for? And I think maybe the the secondary question to that is, you know, um, we've talked about CSI on this podcast mm-hmm. before and sort of understand its place in Kubernetes. And, and I think a follow up to what is Cozy is also why introduce another standard? Like, why why is it important? Mm-hmm. That's that's an excellent question. Um, so when we started out Cozy, uh, the first question we asked ourselves was, do we want to introduce a new standard? Yeah. Um, and and we really tried hard to retrofit Cozy into CSI. Um, uh, maybe yeah. I'll start with that. Um, sure. So so Cozy stands for Container Object Storage Interface. Um, in in the beginning days of Cozy, um, the idea was Kubernetes already has. Uh, an overarching kind of standard container storage interface, which is supposed to include all storage um, for for consuming just storage uh, using mm-hmm. containers in, in Kubernetes. Um, however, when we started looking into using CSI, um, they, we found that there were, there were fundamental differences between how object storage works and how block and file systems work. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, with, with block devices and file systems, um, the access of data is always local. You might have a middle layer that kind of translates your local requests over the network, sure. uh, but access is always local. So your access patterns have that assumption in place. Uh, for instance, you can you can uh, read and write data um, uh, as quickly as you want without worrying about latency. Uh, mm-hmm. You can uh, make lots of small edits to files um, 
pretty pretty easily without without again worrying about uh, the the round trip time of going over the network. So sure. if you look at how files uh, read, write, and and update. Um, uh, the POSIX API, which is the Linux uh, uh, API for you know you reading and writing files, um, they actually allow pretty much any operation you want. You can you can obviously create and delete them, but also you can edit wherever you can seek to any position and edit. Mm-hmm. Um, on the hard drive, that translates to just random seeks yeah. and making changes there. The the difference in object storage is it doesn't allow you to do edits. You can create, you can delete, but you can't edit a file in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that what that gives you, the advantage it gives you, is uh, it's always a sequential write on the hard drive, mm-hmm. pretty much assuming you know all mm-hmm. things considered. So you get better performance um, at the cost of a longer round trip time. Now, now if you add to the mix, uh, you know, big high bandwidth to the uh, object storage service. So if you can push data at say hundreds of gigabytes, and you're always writing sequentially. Um, you now you now get performance benefits as well when when using object storage. That's why object storage generally tend to favor larger files. So, given this background, uh, the way we access files, the way we access block devices, it, um, CSI was again hard coded for uh, accessing mm-hmm. files and and block devices. Um, right. CSI interfaces uh, needed uh, uh, actual attach and detach semantics for block devices. And mount mm-hmm. and unmount semantics for for files. Um, it doesn't have access uh, control baked in like like object storage does. So it it seemed like too much of a of a shock to the CSI way of things if we were to introduce Cozy. Right. Okay. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, I I could see why you know just like some very basic things like uh, you know it being always a kind of a POSIX file system and mounting and kind of mm-hmm. those kind of things, not necessarily things you need when uh, you <laughs> and when when working with object storage. So um, I guess a follow up is sort of what is the state of sort of the the storage interest group around Cozy and and you know what's your current involvement. Okay, so um, I started this around two years ago. Uh, um, so, so uh, we we've achieved uh, the initial goals we set out to achieve. So, so the Cozy's main three goals were uh, provide a Kubernetes native way to consume object storage. Uh, mm-hmm. As in, you use Kubernetes objects; uh, don't have to have a short circuit or directly talk to the object storage provider. That's one. Number two was allow uh, uh, DevOps personnel to uh, provision and use object storage uh, as long as they fit within the policy boundaries that, that a system-wide admin sets. And uh, the third was uh, make object storage portable uh, in the sense that uh, if, if you are using one object storage provider and um, you, know, you, you should be able to move to another one as long as they speak the same protocol. So if, if one is three provided to another, so say Ceph to AWS or AWS to MinIO. Ah, yeah, um, so, so we've we've built a system that's come that far, um, and so as of uh, I would say today or yesterday, maybe uh, we can call it alpha. <laughs> we just oh, nice. finished the block. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think you already answered uh, uh, one half of this question. The next question that I have is around like, why do you not just uh, forward everything to like an object storage vendor. Like people have been using AWS S3 for 
close to 15 years i guess i don't know 2007 that was like the first yeah. uh, service that aws launched right uh, and yeah. then has been around and ceph has been around uh, like why create something that's kubernetes native or why create this new uh, new api yeah uh, whenever you know I've, i've unfortunately been unfortunately been involved in creating two different standards and i can tell you every time i do it i think of that xkcd comic where <laughs> where we're like oh let's create a standard to replace all standards because there are too many and we end up with one more i like it yeah <laughs> yeah we need to find that and link it link it we, in the show notes we absolutely <laughs> well um so so i mean uh, most of it is kind of strategic i would say um so say for instance you're a startup you just got acquired by walmart now mm-hmm. uh, walmart doesn't want to be on aws cloud because amazon's a competitor now you know let's say everything you've done so far is on aws the effort to move from one to the other is going to be very expensive mm-hmm. um the other reason would be um, disaster planning and uh, just like uh, you know accounting for failures um yep. even though it's very rare uh, a whole region has uh, gone down in aws before uh, it can happen in any of the clouds so you want to have some strategy to mm-hmm. be able to move from one to the other um, because if all your business relies on it and you don't know how long aws or one of the clouds is going to go down um, you want to have some sort of insurance and and um, yeah. that's where that's where you know having that portability helps and okay. yeah and the other thing is um operation so one one hard part with uh, uh, actually moving from one provider to another um i would say even the, the you know changes to the application code is simpler than changing the culture in the organization to use storage mm-hmm. in a different way with a different cloud mm-hmm. um so we standardize the operations how you deal with permissions who provisions it what roles have access to what policies stuff like that is is what cozy provides on top of object storage providers gotcha okay no thank you for listing these out right because i know cozy is does fall under six storage and like tries to mimic what csi does like from uh, an object storage perspective so all the benefits yeah. that uh, the the ecosystem got by standardizing to the csi api obviously extend to cozy as well but i just wanted to like list it out so that people understand that there is value in having that one single standard one single way of uh, operating your object storage buckets Yeah, happy yeah. to talk about it. I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and and your and your next discussion will be how do you uh, make one standard over CSI and Cozy, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I while we were talking, I did find the link. So it, it, nice. <laughs> I will include it. Um, switching gears a little bit here to more of a practitioner question is you know we have a lot of um, you know people that might be wondering how is my kubernetes cluster going to be cozy enabled uh, or another way to say this is you know how do how is cozy installed and how do you start using it definitely so um i'll i'll, I'll talk about our eventual vision because that sounds the best and we'll talk sure. about the steps to use it right now um so eventually it's going to be a part of your default kubernetes uh, deployment uh-huh. Um, it's going to be a first-class object. You're going to be able to create bucket claims, just like with uh, with CSI. You create uh, uh, volume claims, and then and then you get to use the volumes. Uh, similar to that, there'll be bucket claims, um, and those bucket claims can be tied to your pods, and whichever pod it's tied to um, will have uh, the necessary information to talk to the object storage provider. So 
unlike CSI, uh, where uh, when you when you tie it to a pod, it gets mounted at a particular location. Mm-hmm. Um, in in object storage, you need to know what the endpoint is to talk to because it's always over the network, and you want the credentials and the method of signing and stuff like that to, right. to talk to the backend. So, so that that information will be presented in in a object storage native format. So in case of AWS, it'll be provide you know it'll provide um, access key secret keys in, in case of mm-hmm. uh, uh, azure it's going to provide something called project id and uh, i believe there's one more field um, so so uh, d- depending on what the object service provider supported protocol is um, you're going to have uh, a file that's specific to you know their format that's going sure. to get mounted in your pod so yeah so it's going to be very similar to that um, you Eventually, you won't have to install anything. But for now, it's a slightly different story. Uh, the bucket claim bucket lifecycle is going to look the same. Um, mm-hmm. You have to install two different services if you want to start uh, enabling Cozy in your cluster. Okay. One is called the Cozy Controller Manager. Um, that one is responsible for uh, listening to requests to create buckets, um, validating making sure the lifecycle of the bucket is handled correctly. So say for instance, someone deletes a bucket and there's data in it, how do you deal with it? Um, so stuff like that. And then there's one more called the Cozy Sidecar, which integrates with the actual object storage driver. So so mm-hmm. if you want to have S3 support in your cluster, you'll have to install a, drive, uh, a sidecar with uh, AWS S3's driver, um, similarly for the other clouds. Okay. So, yeah. That's the way to do it. Okay. Now yeah. you you mentioned uh, you know uh, the sort of um, process of creating a bucket uh, you know is a claim and very similar to kind of the way that I think we've done a container storage one hundred and one episode. I forget if we talked about <laughs> cozy in it, but um, I think those who might be interested in, in going back and listening to that one and following mm-hmm. here. But I did have one follow up: is you know those claims and the associated bucket is then associated with the pod are are buckets sort of um, by default available across pods or they, do they also have sort of roles and sort of access controls where it, it could be like a single pod versus others? Excellent question again. Um, um, yeah, unlike unlike block devices and, and uh, file systems, it's easy to allow uh, parallel access to object storage. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, because there's no chatter, there's no there's no right. there's no risk of uh, two people writing on the same location because you only do uh, reads or writes. Sequential. I mean, sorry, okay. creates. So, yeah. So so um, by default, object storage can be accessed by multiple pods. One bucket, we can provide access to it from multiple pods. We are bringing in uh, uh, features to restrict um, bucket access to either particular namespaces mm-hmm. um, or um, to say that um, for a particular namespace, this is the kind of access you can get for this bucket. So you can only get read-only access versus read-write access. Those are the two kinds of security mechanism we're bringing in. Um, Okay, yeah. no, that's great, right? Like yep. uh, understanding how these buckets are actually mounted or not mounted, but like used by these application yes. pods. Uh, yeah. Uh, the so, installation, so, in, sorry, go ahead. So I was going to say using the word mounted, you know, yeah. I kind of used it too with uh, with uh, air quotes uh, in one of the meetings. Yeah. And the problem that happens is there are a bunch of uh, lift and shift vendors, if you know what that means, um, <laughs> yeah. storage. 
that kind of yeah. allow you to go from traditional file systems to S3 by mm-hmm. by creating a S3FS. Yep. So they mount yeah. S3 locally, kind of yeah. kills the whole point of both POSIX and S3. <laughs> but yeah, and so so people started asking, so are you going to support S3FS? And then I realized the, the word mounting can be uh, dangerous here. So I stopped using it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'll need some time to get used to like not using the word mount, but I, I'll get there. Like when I'm talking about Cozy, uh, I think I, my next question was around uh, bucket lifecycle. I know we all already spoke about like bucket claims and the bucket actually getting provision, but I wanted to know like if I already have existing S3 buckets or MinIO buckets, how do I bring that in? Is that possible? Like in, integrating with brownfield deployments, or this is something that's always fresh and how will it translate to the APIs? So a two-part question, like that's the first part. The second is you said yesterday or today we we went into alpha with the Cozy API. So I'm assuming 1.25 will have that. Uh, but are we like with 1.25, with the alpha phase, will we have support from all of these major vendors included or that will come in future releases? Oh, that's a good question. So, all right. So to answer your first question, bucket lifecycle. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you use the keyword there, brownfield. I think that's that's a great way to explain this. So we we support two kinds of buckets. We've been calling them greenfield and brownfield. Mm-hmm. Greenfield okay. is where you, you create the bucket using Cozy um, and it manages an entire lifecycle for you. Uh, brownfield is where you've already created the bucket. The, the, it's, it's a very important use case because uh, uh, people might already have a lot of data in their buckets sure. and you can't really move them to a new bucket it's very expensive to do mm-hmm. that let's say you have petabytes and petabytes it's hard to do so um so we uh, we support brownfield deployments too so mm-hmm. brownfield deployments um so we kind of have uh, the concept of roles so we have uh, uh users of the bucket that uh, um are just users of a namespace so we have users and we have admins um admins uh control um uh, uh, at this import of a bucket, users yeah. can't do it. So uh, in in our system, so an admin would have to manually create uh, a bucket object, a Kubernetes bucket object, which points to the already existing bucket. Okay, okay. And then and then they can set a handle on it. They can say uh, retention policy is delete or retain. Uh, if you set it to delete, you're kind of asking Cozy to manage the bucket for you at that point. Because if you delete the you know Kubernetes bucket object, you want, the backend bucket object also gets deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you set it to retain, you, you know you're managing the lifecycle on your own, um, but you get to use it, access the bucket as if it was a cozy bucket on the Kubernetes side. So so that's the answer to that first question: um, yeah. how we use brownfield versus greenfield. Um, the other one is a, is a is a really interesting question, I think, um, because it's really not very useful until all the vendors are there. Um, yep. Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's a good question. So so, um, Cozy has been going on for two years. Um, yeah. So the the so the simple answer to it is we have some drivers. Okay. Uh, let me just <laughs> TLDR it first, then I'll give you the explanation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so uh, we we started out with uh, support from IBM, Red Hat, um, Ceph. Uh, IBM mm-hmm. has its own object storage. I forget the name. Um, and Google Cloud. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's an old system with the IBM. I can't remember the name, but but yeah. So um, during the two years, we've had different vendors come in and go. Uh, we had Scality, uh, Cloudian, um, a bunch of these. Um, 
but but the only ones who stood the test of time who kind of sat with it while we were developing uh for these two years um were uh, minayo and mm-hmm. and recently azure has been helping out a lot so we do have a azure uh, cozy driver mm-hmm. um uh, which is what we used to test um you know that the cozy system works um but i'll have to check out with them to find out what's the status of it yeah. Um, it's it's testable um, and, and because there's a, there's a bunch of legal process involved i believe before sure. they can release it out mm-hmm. um yeah we have a sample driver that's available in in kubernetes sigs org uh it hasn't been used in a long time i'll have to check up on that too but but i would say right now um uh, it it's ready for vendors to consume okay. so it, it's time for vendors to take up cozy start writing their drivers testing it out um you know making any fixes that are needed we welcome that this is a great time because it's stabilized to some extent uh, mm-hmm. otherwise vendors can't really participate yeah so no so it, it makes sense right like given that it's alpha like okay maybe users can experiment with it but nobody should be running alpha in in production like wait right. for the apis to be graduated like maybe move to beta or maybe like actually be generally available uh, but as i said now that the standard is at a good enough point vendors can start coming in and build out that ecosystem uh, right yeah hopefully more vendors stick it out for the next phase right like take it from alpha to the next steps yeah i think i think this is the hardest part of uh, starting a new project it's that initial huge hurdle and then it gets pretty smooth cuz there are systems in place there are people interested mm-hmm. so i think we've gotten past the hard part um yeah, yeah. makes sense <clears throat> i guess a follow up to that that i'm curious about is sort of what are the sort of challenges for having those companies that may have come and go or ones that you know like azure who are really building back up um what are the challenges of keeping them around? Is it really just getting the project to this alpha and beyond state? And then, you know, that's, that's, that's the, you know, we'll get people to come back or just curious there. I mean, um, it's a good question. So it comes down to, um, what they have, what skin they have in the game. Uh, sure. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, these vendors look at cozy as something that they can also support once it's, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. until then they don't have any reason to push for it so sure. if they, if because it, it really is a mechanism for you to move between clouds why would they you know support that uh, <laughs> unless it, people yeah. are coming to your cloud so yeah. so until cozy becomes a thing um, they don't have to participate um, from a strategic perspective um, the ones that do are either doing it for the sake of open source or because they see uh, 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 you know them benefiting by being the first here or you know yeah. making sure that their system works well with cozy stuff like that um yep. um so so i think most of them are just waiting it out to you know for it to become alpha that was the main main yep. issue um they were all just here to you know look it up see where mm-hmm. it's at and implement a driver if everything was ready yeah Gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like that's uh, something you know we we've seen in the past too. Is when customers come to you and say, "I want this," like they did with you know, it took a while even with CSI, right? Um, when you didn't have to necessarily use CSI, but it was there. But then you started seeing you know end users and customers come to you and say, "Well, well, you know, my CIO or my architect says like we're going to base everything on this from here on and and really you know use the standard." Yeah. Um, and then they come to you and say, "I need this." Well, 
then you kind of tie your hands up and say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to go in and, and make sure we support this well, uh, which makes sense. But then there's, I think, the other second part of what you said, right, around community, right, which uh, in the Kubernetes space, in cloud native space, I feel like community has been such a strong pull for a lot of companies. And I think there's so much value in just showing up in the community, right? Um, mm -hmm. Even if even if that means you're early, uh, just showing up and being there uh, does mean a lot. And I feel like it's 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 continued to grow uh, even even so much more. So it's good to see. Um, Switching back to a little bit of back to the practitioner uh, approach question mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, I think one of the questions some may have uh, might be uh, whether these buckets are provisioned as something first class in Kubernetes, meaning is the bucket, are you sending data locally? Uh, and then sort of, you know, magic happens on the back end, or are you just provisioning to the, the different storage um, vendor backends and it's sort of a front front ended or is there an option to do one or the other yeah okay that's um i'll have to clarify a little bit more about the question first so when you say data <laughs> you mean so there's like control data which is go create a bucket for me and there's yep. data data like where you store the files so you're talking yeah. about control data right yeah I, I think actually in this case a little bit of both right is there okay. is there an opportunity for you to um, provision buckets and run sort of object storage on your kubernetes cluster um uh maybe you could touch on a little bit of both then yeah <clears throat> okay so so with with control data yes it's it's locally the, the the configuration we give kubernetes asking you to create the buckets is locally persistent in kubernetes and until the connection to the backend and the eventual processing succeeds, we're going to keep retrying. Mm -hmm. um, so, so control data for sure, yes. With actual data, um, it's a very tough thing to do. Um, there are there are some vendors who do it. Um, mm -hmm. There's a there's a S3 uh, caching uh, vendor. It's a pretty uh, famous one. It's a good name. I forgot the name of the vendor, um, but but they do um, S3 caching. So okay. basically, for for fast queries, they kind of you know have a caching layer for it. Um, that's one. Um, then um, you know we could run something like that locally, but but that's not something Kubernetes will support. Uh, the the support from Kubernetes is going to be um, just the building blocks of building systems like that. So so if you want to build sure. a caching layer, you can do it. Got okay, it. makes sense. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I just wanted to understand uh, uh, where, where the data is actually hosted and located. Uh, next question is around like data protection, right? Like with coming from a block and file world, I know there are <laughs> volume snapshots that again took a few releases to like go and uh, graduate. But uh, how how does that work with the COSI standard? Like how do we protect the data that's being stored in in those object buckets? That's a good question. So. Um, I, the answer to that is um, it, it comes down to this. So if, when you when you look at uh, storing files locally or storing files uh, in block devices, um, you're really just creating one copy unless like multipath or something is enabled. Um, and and even then, it's hard to snapshot a file system while something is happening. Uh, mm -hmm. And same with block devices. Um, so with object storage, that problem doesn't exist because writes are atomic. Um, so, so uh, generally, the assumption is whenever you write to object storage, it, uh, the, the data comes with some guarantees. Um, for instance, S3 provides redundancy classes. You can, you can choose to have it in reduced redundancy or, or regular yep. standard. Um, 
excuse me um so so um there is really no need to do snapshotting okay um if you want uh, that kind of primitives where where you want to say i want to go back to what it was at some point you do have versioning in s3 um google cloud supports okay. it azure supports it um yeah um, okay. snapshot so it, it depends may not on make the, sense. yeah it depends on the provider right when, when they build those sidecars or the, their plugins that's how we'll enforce these uh, uh, data protection strategies and then offload those to the actual s3 buckets okay that makes sense thank you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, a quick follow up to that is: I know this might be a loaded question because it, it is dependent on the vendor, and and the vendor supporting something like this next question might be it tough. But you know, given that Cozy is sort of uh, enabling you to be cross cloud and enable those multi cloud use cases, is there ever a world where you can say, you know, um, you know, I've, I've provisioned these buckets in S three, but I do want to become multi cloud and maybe move my my data from there to somewhere else and and that may be a different cloud and you could look at that like some sort of bucket replication to a different cloud which is i think a tough question but uh is there a world where cozy supports something like that yeah we've talked about this quite a bit actually um so so um you know i can't take the names of the actual customers who do something like this but this is a pretty common use case yeah Um, people either start out on amazon um with with their prototype data and then once they need to get actual data, let's say it's personally identifiable information or health records, um, they can't really leave it on the cloud. So once everything is prototype, proven that works on the cloud, uh, they bring everything back home um, into their own on-prem data centers. Um, and sometimes the migration is the other way. When you want to scale beyond what's possible on your local data centers, yep, you want sure. you want to go to the cloud. So in both cases, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, worked in Minio. I've I've dealt with customers who've gone through these processes. So so Cozy was designed to support something like this. Um, so so there, there are there are a few things to consider in doing this. Um, transferring data from one bucket to another is very tough. It's just the sheer amount of data makes it very hard. And yep. clouds don't make it easy. So uh, yeah. getting data into the clouds is free, basically. Sending data out is very expensive because they don't want egress, you to leave. Egress them. will get you. <laughs> yeah, really gets you. Um, you know, you know that reminds me of the story. So I was benchmarking, I believe, Presto on AWS with S3. And it was about uh, one terabyte of data, and I ran the benchmark only once. It was the TPC uh, benchmark, one of the TPC. one of the standard ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. and TPC DS, the data science one. Okay. And okay. one run of the seventeen queries, I think, uh, it ended up being about like sixty terabytes. So it pulls the same data sixty times. <laughs> and I didn't realize at that point the data was in. Um, California, US West 2, and I was running oh. quite from US East 1. Uh-oh. They charge you for that <laughs> so much. Yeah, those inter region transfers would kill you. <laughs> so, so, when I was running it, right, uh, yeah. I suddenly got this thought am I, did, I, did I set it up in the correct region? And then I saw the throughput, it was coming in at 100 gigabits per second. I was like, you can't do that over, over across <laughs> regions, right? So, I thought it's okay. But but I was actually going across regions. Um, yeah yeah, that was an interesting data point when when okay. I was transferring data across regions. It, it was able to do hundred gigabits. Um, gotcha. Anyway, so, so okay, uh-huh. uh, no, I was just trying to see if I got this right. Right, like there is no real migration support from between buckets today, but that can be something in yeah. the future. Okay. 
it, it'll be something that that the customer will have to or, or some you know you can build systems on top of cozy that do that ah, okay. um, we allow you to we, we give you the building blocks for it um this could be okay. a company of its own someday yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, for our listeners this is a great startup idea you know ah <laughs> 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 uh, no nah, okay thank you thank you uh, said uh, for sure yeah I think the next question that we have is around like roadmap. Like we are at alpha. Yeah. What's next? Uh, the most important thing right now is getting vendors uh, on board, um, having cozy drivers, um, because once that is in place, uh, the way people consume object storage is going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they'll have the benefits of cozy and, and uh, just because it's backed by Kubernetes, it's going to get adopted. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and they're going to see the benefits once they adopt it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's that famous saying: "Software is never bought or sold; it's, it's adopted." Yeah. Nice. In this case, yeah, you know, I don't have to go sell it. I don't have to say here are the benefits. They're going to adopt it, and then they're going to see here are the benefits. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because because everyone's going to be using it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So so the the real benefits are um, they'll we'll we'll kind of have a structure on how buckets are managed. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, uh, let's say you're, you're the admin for an entire team at a large organization. Um, you don't want to be dealing with requests to provision buckets or delete buckets for every individual employee. Um, mm-hmm. you want to leave that off to an admin for that team, whoever that person is. So, so the pe- person who's, who's sitting at the top, uh, setting policies for the whole company or a part of the company, uh, just wants to do that. Just set policies. They want to say overall, don't use more than 100 terabytes of space that we have. Overall, don't don't give more than one bucket a user. Stuff like that. Um, we don't have support for all that yet, but that's mm-hmm. in the roadmap uh, eventually. Um, and and uh, going back to the workflow, uh, the admin for that team, the person who is responsible for provisioning buckets for that team, can now manage buckets um, within the boundaries that's set by the the, the larger admin. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this workflow is where I, you know, one of the biggest benefits is going to come. Um, it, a big cell of DevOps is not just uh, or, or Kubernetes. DevOps using Kubernetes is is not just the fact that we can automate the lifecycle of your application infrastructure with Kubernetes, but also the fact that uh, you can now reduce the the chance of mistakes uh, in your deployments. Mm-hmm. things are declarative. So, so it comes with tools like Kubernetes and processes also. So Cozy addresses both of these. Yeah, and especially like with the increased adoption of Kubernetes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If this becomes, uh, if Cozy becomes something that's available by default with every installation, uh, yeah, the, the overall adoption is going to increase. Yeah, we think so. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Has there has there been anything that really the community or the SIG or anyone involved in Cozy has really been um, sort of calling out as, you know, what's missing? Right. Like, is there anything that's glaring that like Cozy sh- it really still needs to dive into? I mean, I know you mentioned a few things, but curious on your take there. 
Yeah, actually, um, and and we really appreciate this um, when when people try it out and they say, "Hey, this thing doesn't work," you know, or sure. we need this really badly. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's that's the feedback from users, right? And and if you don't listen to that, what are we who are we building for? Um, so so one of the things um, that keeps coming back is uh, setting bucket level policies, or like like I just mentioned, um, where you want to say uh, hundred buckets per namespace, no more. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuff like uh, that, um, yep. uh, pe- people keep asking for. Um, you know, so far the 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 work has been mostly been towards the basic blocks of it, but but we're going to address these steps uh, before beta. Got it. Makes sense. And and you know, <clears throat> given that the community is so important, you know, how has the you know general adoption of Cozy been? I know it's I know it's just turning alpha, right? Um, but what's that early feedback been? Has there been any um, you know real you know, quality use cases that have come back to you or the SIG and, and with valuable feedback? Um, so, to, so I've been involved in this for a long time, for two, two and a half years now. So, so I've, I've dealt with, uh, or I've seen customers and, and mostly vendors, I would say, um, who, who've come in and, you know, wanted to participate, wanted to see Cozy become an alpha API. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being disappointed that it wasn't. Um, there are many reasons for that. We can go into it, but but uh, uh, their main reasons were um, it, it, like for the less well-known providers. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to make a sale, it really helps to say one we're a part of an official offering. You know, cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we work with that well, and mm-hmm. you have the portability to go somewhere else if you really need it. But for now, you have us. Um, say you're a managed service provider. Um, you you want to uh, ask your customers to you know you, you you provide object storage for your customers. You take care of the cost. You take care of operations. Um, once they scale to a bigger level, you want to you know move them from your local setup to AWS or something. So in use cases like that, um, you know I think I think the smaller players uh, are the ones that see the benefit. Mm-hmm. Are, are the ones that that are that are looking at it more, I, I would say, because we haven't really seen uh, AWS show up here yet. Um, but when they do, it's that's when you know it's going to be big. Yep, got it. Makes sense. Well, I think that's a good segue to really dive into maybe talking about the best way for you know either users. Uh, practitioners of some um, someone who consume Cozy or even developers. It sounds like you know there's a lot of opportunity if you're a developer, even new to Kubernetes possibly, or you know maybe a veteran in Kubernetes and looking for a new project. Um, it being alpha, you know, we had a great conversation recently about you know the value of you know just showing up to a new project and and everything sort of out in the open and, and you can mm-hmm. talk to everybody uh, in the Kubernetes community and start small and really learn the process. So. You know a little bit about where people can get started, either using it or involved in the project would be great. Yeah, we, we're always looking for more contributors. Uh, we welcome contributors of all uh, backgrounds. Um, so if you're a content writer, uh, if you want to do testing, DevOps, um, just write code, um, or just do architecture, we we mm-hmm. have roles for all of them, um, or or something entirely new that that you know you 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 show me is important here for sure. Um, 
uh, over the years we've had we've had uh, a lot of different contributors from you know all these backgrounds and so uh, and and you know they've all enjoyed their time um, many um, i would say very very, very young people just mm-hmm. either in college or or um, uh, just graduated or, or just first jobs kind of people and and uh, um, they've always been very thankful to how much they had to they got to learn here mm-hmm. um, and and that's the kind of environment i uh, i think that's my natural style of uh, working with people uh, i think uh, i tend to um, like you know i tend to understand what they need and if it's something that i can teach i'm always happy to do it um, so so yeah so so i would say uh, that that will always be present for you if you if you came to cause you you you're you know you're learning uh, if uh, there's something i can help with uh, um, uh, you know it's it's there um, Uh, now, in terms of users that want to use it and you know try it out, yeah, we welcome beta testers, um, and 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 otherwise, uh, uh, people that want to just just uh, try it out. Uh, we're actually just updating our docs, uh, but mm-hmm. if you were to go to GitHub.com/slash/Kubernetes-sigs-container-object-storage-interface-API, it's it's a long thing. <laughs> uh, it would be good if you can if you can just uh, paste the link somewhere for it. Oh, we yeah, uh, we do that for sure. perfect yeah um well, we're going to have all the docs you need to get started try it out uh break it and let us know how you broke it <laughs> great that's awesome nice. yeah yeah i feel like we need to invest in like a cozy.github.io cuz you know the <laughs> I, i will post the link but container object storage interface um github.io i know is another place to to land not to be confused with don't don't land on cozy.org it's not the center of science and industry oh. <laughs> <laughs> which i you know, do a quick google search just don't get confused we'll we'll include all of that but um yeah. yeah i really appreciate you coming on the show said it's been a, a wealth of information i think a lot of people will get a lot out of this episode i think we've mm-hmm. touched on a lot here so um we do really appreciate you coming on kubernetes bites and um you know being part of it yeah thank you so much i enjoyed every bit of it uh, thank you for having me everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the fileo fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. All right, Bobbin, that was a great show. I think um I got a lot out of interviewing Sid. Uh, I know Cozy is something I've really wanted to dive in and get my hands on more, so mm-hmm. really getting sort of the lay of the land and sort of the 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 reasons behind why it exists and all that has uh was really insightful to me. Um but I'm curious what were your takeaways that uh you would kind of like to talk about here? No, I completely echo that sentiment, right? Like these 101 episodes are a great resource for anybody who's listening to this podcast like we should like i i know and we see that we see that in in the number of listens we get as well but uh the things that i took out of this episode uh or from sid was that cozy even though it has been around for 2 years is now in the alpha stage like now yesterday or today i think he said is when uh they made it alpha so it's still brand new like there still needs to be a lot of work done before people can start using it in production environments so just be mindful of that like you can't expect 
features similar to CSI uh, that have that has been the standard that has been around for a few years now. And that is something that I learned as well, right? Like I learned how it how it will work with the different ecosystem vendors building these sidecars or building these plugins uh, and integrate and providing that functionality. But yeah, the right now, like the now that the standard is set. Uh, or the standard has been created, vendors can start coming in and start contributing to it. Uh, things like uh, the where the data is stored or how it's replicated across different uh, buckets, things that are missing. Again, great opportunity for people who want to get started and start contributing or vendors that want to come in and start contributing. Uh, but yeah, still in alpha, uh, not ready for production, uh, but it's an option. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's definitely such an interesting space. I mean, just how much, um, you know, value something like CSI has brought to the market and how how much adoption it's seen, you know, seeing something like Cozy come out in sort of its uh, building on the its shoulders, so to speak, um, and, and, you know, following very similar primitives, like in, you know, the the same volume claim to, you know, volume sort of process and, and how you instantiate a bucket versus a volume, those kind of things. I think it make a lot, makes a lot of sense and also you know I, I like the conversation around why there's a separate standard and mm-hmm. and and you know the investigation was you know thoughtful in the sense that you know we tried to put it in csi but there is enough difference where it would have caused probably confusion um you know would have kind of convoluted csi in in how you used it and and how it worked so um you know having it be a separate standard i think makes a lot of sense and i'm i'm really excited to see the adoption going forward um you know and Mm -hmm. and how it's installed today i think that's just you know um a mark of its maturity you know at, at, at this alpha stage but just like csi in the future right you know uh sid talked about the vision of you know it'll just yeah. be there right and then you just you know uh install the specific driver you need to work with whatever vendor or you know open source version of object storage you're using so really exciting stuff um you know again uh we'll post all the links on how to get involved and started with uh, Cozy if you want to get your hands on it or if you want to learn how to get involved in the SIG or uh, as a developer, we will post all of that. And even include the XKCD link that Sid mentioned. So <laughs> Yes, yeah, we absolutely will. Uh, funny comment there. <laughs> cool. So with that, um, you know, as always to our listeners, please, um, you know, rate, comment, send us a message, send us a DM on any one of these platforms that we're available on, um, you know, Twitter, Anchor, Anything you can, uh, it gives us uh, a lot of helpful, uh, you know, feedback to what the show is, what we want to do with it, new new episodes, new things like that. So please definitely go take a look at that. Um, and we are going to plug next week's episode. Actually, um, we have a special episode. We're talking with uh, Brendan Burns and um, uh, Ganesh from Microsoft on, you know, all things AKS and community. And uh, Ganesh is actually an intern um, turned employee at Microsoft mm-hmm. working on AKS, has a lot of interesting things to say about, you know, how that process went. And we, you know, go in, you know, we're going to go into all that detail with Brendan. So really exciting episode uh, next week. And uh, with that, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I'm Ryan. I'm Pavan. And thanks for joining another episode of Kubernetes Bytes. Thank you for listening to the Kubernetes Bytes podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 